Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, July freaking 1st, 2020 Whoa. on Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, how's the new pad? It's very good. Do you hear that? A little echoey, no furniture or anything. A little echo, anything. yeah, yeah. But do you hear anything else? I do not hear any, like, partying or fireworks <laughs> or police sirens from the street. No, I do not. It is very exciting. Yes, I'm in a non-street-facing apartment now. <laughs> the most I get is like music from a distance, and that's kind of that's good. That's lovely. Yeah, that's good New York ambiance. So there's nothing exactly. Wrong with that. That's perfect. That's like enjoy the morning coffee, read a bit, have music somewhere in the background, not like downstairs from my window yeah it, it's been bad when we've recorded at your old place like it has been very bad and i've had to like, continuously apologize especially over the last week because it's like i can't even edit that out it's impossible yeah it's just been a mess but now i don't have to worry about it the worst i have to do is fix echo yeah, <laughs> until we'll get i get a couch or something yeah we'll get there we'll get there but yeah um we're glad to have you back um and Thank everybody you. Glad knows, to be back. yeah and uh, everybody knows that you can get uh, all of our episodes at patreon.com slash broadway radio before they show up in the regular feed. We've got a few things coming up later this week. Uh, I'm going to be talking to my good friend and my original podcasting partner, Jennifer McHugh, on uh, ah, Friday's nice. episode. Because as many of you know, she is an obsessive Hamill fan. So I'm going to talk with her on uh, ah, Thursday yes, night for yes. Friday's episode. Um, about the release of Hamilton on Disney+. Plus, We will have a whole Hamill section here in this episode, but um, if you want to get that conversation first, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, Ashley, um, what turned out to a fairly run-of-the-mill day in the Broadway sphere got a little kick in the, well, whatever, you know, body part you want. It could be a kick in the butt. It could be a kick in the butt or it could be a kick somewhere else. Um, depending on how you look <laughs> at it, because the big news of Tuesday was that Scott Rudin is planning a big star-studded production of Our Town for some time after Broadway reopens. As of now, the only cast member confirmed for the production is two-time Academy Award winner Dustin Hoffman, presumably as the stage manager. I you know, uh, going to take a sure. guess there. Yeah. Um, Bartlett Shear is scheduled to direct. Now, Hoffman has not been on Broadway since his Tony-nominated turn as Shylock in The Merchant of Venice back in 1990. Now, actually, this isn't the first new commercial production to be announced for Broadway since the shutdown, but most of those were, like, coming to Broadway sometime yeah, in the future. sure. But this is the first one to have a director and a star attached and to come from a producer who can basically get any show he wants on any stage whenever mm-hmm, he wants. Mm-hmm, exactly. Now... Now, actually, we're going to talk about the poor timing of this announcement in regard to the push for diverse on stage here in a minute. But before we do that, it is important to note that in 2017, seven women accused Hoffman of either sexual harassment or assault, which led to a very tense interview between him and John Oliver at a 20th anniversary screening yep. of Wag the Dog. Hoffman did apologize for acting inappropriately to one of the alleged victims um, who alleged he harassed her, not did not assault her, um, but did act inappropriately to her when she was 17 at the time when she was working on one of his films. But in doing so, he did not 
admit any wrongdoing. Just did one of those cursory, I'm sorry if what I did right, was inappropriate right. and made you feel he bad. He said something along the lines of, this isn't who I am. Right. Like, yes, mm, that's what he said well. to, to John Oliver. He said, this is not representative of who I am as a person yeah. um, and all that kind of stuff. But he has not, to this day, publicly acknowledged the other six accusations. So that's part of the story. Um and the whole racial timing insensitivity is another part of the story. But before we talk about that, I do have to say I've said on some like a pop and here on Broadway Radio that Our Town is probably my favorite play. Um, so unlike some mm. people on Twitter yesterday, I'm all for an Our Town revival because I think yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it has it has always provided directors an opportunity to experiment with an iconic script, and it's always had the framework to kind of let you do your own thing with it. But I think Bart is a wonderful director, but I just don't need mm -hmm. to see his R-Town because I already know what his R-Town is going to look like. You know, he doesn't do revolutionary. You know, give me one directed by a black person like Liliana Blaine Cruz or Robert O'Hara or Sahim Ali or Absolutely. Roger Feather Kelly, yeah. Stevie Walker Webb, or or even George C. Wolfe or Kenny Leon, if we're going to more of like the prestige directors. Sure. Um, or, or go with a woman, Rachel Chavkin, Tina Landau, Sammy Canole, Tina Sater, literally anybody other than a straight white Sure dude. thing. I mean... I can just imagine how Act 3 could hit very, very differently in present day if it's mm. done by one of those directors and if Grover's Corners is set in front of, like, a backdrop of, like, the recent protests and police brutality and social justice yeah, and Black Lives sense. Matter and all that. It could be revelatory with the, the, the right director. And unfortunately, I don't think Bart is that director. Like, I love this show, and I understand why Rudin is doing this version of the show, this mm. this Hoffman sheer version of the show, because he thinks it's go it's going to make money and to yeah, get people back on one. Broadway, it's you need to one. you need to have big stars, and I understand that, and I am not opposed to that. But man, this is frustrating. And when you throw in the sexual misconduct accusations on top of all the Amar Ramasar stuff from West Side Story yeah. and Rudin, yep, 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 and and it's just all bad. It's just all around it's bad, bad and disappointing. And if they would have announced a complete cast with like some black stars in it as well. I think this might not have been as big of a deal, but because it's Hoffman and Shear alone with Rudin, it just looks really, really bad. Yeah, I might you might get some like B characters in the show that will actually be black or of color. Well, <laughs> but yeah, but if they would if they would have cast like you know Adrian Warren as as Emily, like that would have been. I would have been cool sure, with that. But if that's they would what have said, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're making they're this announcement. Here's your lead cast. Oh, by the way, white men, of course, as always. Yeah, there's, yeah. as you said, I, I don't really have a problem with doing this play specifically, but it, I know what it's going to look like and I don't care. <laughs> on, on Rudin's yeah. part, there's really no conscientable side or reason for this. When you have, <laughs> When you have more money than most of us can ever imagine and all the creative power in theater, there and there's really no such thing as even failure to you because the bounce back is is short to non-existent. I I don't understand decisions like this. And look, my root and hate runs deep. I will bring up his bad decisions every chance I get, but we've also lauded several really bold, interesting choices like Gary. So I don't get it. I don't understand yeah. the absolute and yeah. utter lack of a fucking backbone here. Sorry, I don't like to cuss on the air, but hey. I do. I 
I don't know if it's the idea of having something secure to come back to. One, there being shows on the schedule, and two, we already have – we know it's a show that works with actors that work, never mind the sexual assault allegations, because we already know that Rudin loves that. But what's the point? Why – why being safe and secure and making moves like this? And it's again what I said last week about when we were talking about, when I was talking about the minutes and American Buffalo and the Music Man, another great white American root and classic. Like, why are the first people back to the table the one that always have the seats and will always have a seat regardless? I don't understand how anyone can look at the industry at the moment, see this complete reckoning in terms of the shows and talent and stories we want to see produced, go through weeks and weeks of talking about racism and underrepresentation, see every theater company say they're going to do better, whatever that means, and then as a whole, have the whole industry closed for a year and have everyone out of work for a year and say, this is the show that I want to do with this actor, like an A-list actor, when you have people that have been out of work so long, and that's the first person who gets a job back. Like, it's such a slap in the face to me, and it's like all the money in the world can't buy you the ability to read the room, I guess. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like, if Scott Rudin wanted to be a part of the solution to this specific problem in theater, yeah, he, as much as anybody else, could. In fact, he, exactly. he, he, he has could. all the power here. Yeah. And he could easily, if, if he truly wanted to change the landscape of New York theater, he could do more it. More than anybody else, and yes. More than anybody else. And this is, having this to start with is saying, I could do it, but I don't want to. Well, and the thing is, is like, if he wanted to anchor a production of Our Town with an A-list star... There are black A-list stars that he could Absolutely. probably get to do it. I mean, he's worked with Denzel before. Get Denzel or James Earl Jones. Or how about Queen Latifah? Like, I could sure, see Queen absolutely. Latifah being the same, or Viola Davis. Viola uh, who Davis, I've, anything. I've ever. said, yeah, I've, I've said on social media recently because of a thing that she said, and I've said it on something like it pop and probably on here too, but like, I think she's the best actor working today. I'll, Absolutely. I'll, I'll yep. uh, do respect to Meryl, but like, get, there are people that Scott Rudin could get to do this if he wanted to have a, a black sure. lead in this He has show. no problem with clout. Again, it's yeah. he holds the power and he gets to make the decisions and this is the decision he's making. Yeah, and, and that's the most frustrating thing. Like, if this is something – if this had been something that had been in the works for a while, which I, there was no indication um, – Philip Boroff from the Broadway Journal had this this original exclusive. Nothing about this said that this had been in the works beforehand. Um, this is what I said yesterday right. with James. is like, I understand shows that have already got some, some sunk money into it announcing they're coming back, like the sure, minutes absolutely. and stuff. Like, I don't expect them to be like, nah – it didn't work, so let's just lose the thousands or millions of dollars that we've already invested. But, like, this seems to be a completely fresh production. You could do whatever you wanted. And if you just cared about the PR side of it, don't announce Hoffman first. Like I said, announce that they're going to be, you know, multiple black and um, indigenous and people of color in the cast when you announce mm -hmm. Hoffman, but he didn't yeah. want to. And that's really the thing. Now, he has not officially, Rudin has not officially commented on this story. But it's confirmed. I, I'll just I'll just say it's sure it's been sure. confirmed. Um, so it's just it's it's frustrating and disappointing, and especially after the fact that 
yes, Broadway's been down for three and a half months now, but we know it's probably going to be a year. This is the time, and we've been saying this from the very beginning, this is the time to make changes. Scott Rudin can make changes, but Scott Rudin clearly does not want to make this change. I think he wants to make other changes. Like you said, when he would bring in a Taylor Mac show to Broadway, like he's open to making changes and likes to push the envelope, but I don't think this is an envelope he wants to push. Mm -hmm. All right, Ashley, let's move on to something a little less frustrating um, and anger-inducing because we have our Mm Hamill section of the day and the embargo on critics' reviews for the Disney Plus capture of Hamilton expired yesterday, so the interwebs were flooded with reviews and as of recording time, there have been 40 professional reviews aggregated by Rotten Tomatoes and Hamilton still has a 100% fresh rating. Shocking. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get to that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read you two of them, or at least part of two of them real quick. Linda Holmes from NPR and uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour, which is where Jen and I basically stole the format for something like a pop from. Uh, she wrote, quote, One reason to watch the film is to better appreciate the acting. Close-ups of theater actors can be a little distracting because acting for theater is sometimes exaggerated for the benefit of an audience that's far away. When you see it from a foot away, it can look much different. Parenthetically, she says, Miranda is probably the performer who's most negatively affected by that problem in this film. Not a surprise. Well, Miranda and Jonathan Groff, she writes, whose tendency to spit is legendary. (laughs) Correct. You shall see. Yes. Much discussed. (laughs) Uh, But she goes on. Fortunately, in most cases, the opportunity to see the actors up close brings out nuance and performance choices that aren't discernible on the cast album and wouldn't even be fully obvious live. Philippa Sue playing Eliza brings great warmth to some scenes that could be hard to take given the long-suffering nature of the character, and you get more of that when you see it up close. In Variety, Peter de Bruges wrote, quote, Seeing Hamilton on screen as opposed to from a fixed seat in a high-priced theater is a completely different experience. While there are many who've worn out the official cast recording in anticipation of their first viewing, plenty among the Disney Plus audience will be coming to Hamilton having had zero exposure to this Tony and Pulitzer-blessed phenomenon. For them... The movie lacks some of the excitement of discovering the show on stage. The collective electricity that passes through a crowd energized to see so many conventions upended at once, all in service of American history, all in service of American history. But it compensates by taking them into the proscenium itself. Now, actually, I assumed that most of the reviews would be positive, but as somebody who likes and appreciates Hamilton more than loves or is obsessed with it, uh, I'm encouraged by what the reviewers are saying that the camera brings something new yeah. to the film. Yeah. That's that's what I was hoping for since I'm not, you know, a Hamilton devotee. Right, right. And that makes sense. I'm really interested to see because there was that piece in the Times last week about uh, mm-hmm. how they brought it to the small screen or, you know, wasn't orig- originally supposed to be the small screen, but how they did the pro tape of it and how they were going through every possible angle for every character. So I'm really curious to see how that comes across on screen as opposed to what the reviews have said, opposed to on the stage where you're getting the exaggerated motions. So there, you know, there are certainly exaggerated motions in Hamilton, but there's also a lot of nuance in Hamilton, of course. There was a piece last week in Slate, I think it was, that was like, there's nothing you're going to see in the thing, in the pro tape film that you 
can't get on the cast recording, which is such a I hate sleep. <laughs> I do too, which is such an insulting lie because just even all the nuances, but even just things like uh, the staging is my, the staging and choreography is my favorite right. part of Hamilton. They were no like, offense, it's like. so bare bones that you're not really going to see anything. I was like, that's the point. I, guess. I, I, hate, I, <laughs> I really dislike sleep. I do too. Very, very much. But that was the first review of any kind that I saw of it. And. Uh, it, it was grossly missing the point and missing yeah. things like, I mean, it, for one, all of Hurricane, like, of course, yeah. you're not going to get that from just listening to it. So it's things like that that I can't wait to see how they're going to film and also just excited to see people who haven't gotten to see it live get to experience it the first for the first time like this. Yeah, I, I'm very excited. And some other Hamilton news. Lin-Manuel Miranda was on NPR's Fresh uh, Fresh Air this week, I assume talking with Terry Gross, um, about Hamilton both on stage and screen, and we'll have a link to that. But we also learned on Tuesday that a special behind-the-scenes documentary about Hamilton will premiere on Friday on Disney+, Plus, along with the filmed version of the show. The doc from ESPN Vertical, The Undefeated, quote, discusses and examines the groundbreaking and award-winning Broadway show with some of its stars and creators. The film will discuss the origins of the show, the developmental process, the imagery, the music, the context of today's systemic racism and social injustice mirrored in the show. Um, they talk with Tommy Kale, Lynn, and pretty much the entire original principal cast. So I'm sure people will be loving that as well as the film itself. All right, Ashley, let's run through some streaming theater news really quickly. First up, yesterday was announced that next Friday, July 10th, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS will present a special benefit stream of the 2009 concert, Bernadette Peters, a special concert. The concert was filmed at the Minskoff Theater, and the stream will be hosted by Michael Urie. Also on Tuesday, the renowned off-slash-off-off-Broadway Mint Theater announced that they would stream three of their shows during their Summer Stock Streaming Festival. Having done HD multi-camera captures of their shows since 2013, they will be unveiling three of them beginning on July 6th. They, the shows will be The Fatal Weakness by George Kelly, The New Morality by Harold Chapin, and Women Without Men by Hazel Ellis. I will be checking out all three of these. Yeah, I have same. not seen I've not seen a Mint Theater per performance before, but I know our friends over at Maximu love Mint oh, Theater. Oh, nice. Okay. So, so I know that this is one to definitely check out. Also, yesterday, the Public Theater announced that they would have a live-streamed world premiere of the new play The Line by Jessica Blank and Eric Jensen. The show brings first-person stories of New York City's first responders during the COVID-19 pandemic to the digital stage. And it will be uh, available to watch for free via both YouTube and the public's website from July 8th through August 4th. The play will feature Santo uh, Santino Fontana, Allison Pill, Lorraine Toussaint, and more. The great Amy Mann, by the way, also composed some original music for the show. Oh, nice. All right. Love me some Amy and, Mann going back yeah. to Magnolia days. Yeah. Uh, and finally, in this section, yesterday, Alicia Harris, Whitney White, and the Movement Theater Company announced that they had created Resilience, a new digital initiative consisting of an online love letter drive, which can be found on Instagram at Love Letters to Black People, and a video titled Soft Light. 
the project was inspired by the show What to Send Up When It Goes Down, which all of these mm, folks had worked together yeah. worked on together. Harris was the playwright, White was the, re- the director, and the Movement Theater Company produced it. Um, I have a link in the show notes if you would like to learn more, or if you would like to send a message of love, recognition, or solidarity to the project. All right, actually, I've got a few real quick recommendations before we wrap up the show today. The first one, if y'all remember um, back early, very early in the shutdown on April 11th, there was the Saturday Night Seder in which they had performances and all of these kind of uh, fun, cool things. I think it was, was that the same night as... No. I was going to say, was that like seven months ago? It because... was. I, I can't remember. Was that the, the one that did the same thing uh, as the Sondheim night? I don't remember if that. Uh, uh, no, no, that, was, that was a Sunday. That was Glad Awards. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Either way, um, Saturday Night Seder is releasing two singles from that. The first one was the much heralded uh, duet between Cynthia Erivo and Shoshana Bean um, of the song "When You Believe," which was um, accompanied by Stephen Schwartz. And the other one is a an original song by Shayna Taub. Um, who actually sings on it as well with Skylar Aston. All profits from both re-recorded and remastered singles will benefit Jews for racial and economic justice. And finally, actually, when I got this press release on Tuesday, I even tweeted about it. I mm. did not understand what this was, and I thought it was weird. Although I thought that you and I might be the people to appreciate it more than anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, Hadestown teamed up with uh, Pittsburgh Pirates starting pitcher Stephen Brault for a couple of uh, of songs and performances. Brault, who is a, a Major League Baseball pitcher, actually released an album called A Pitch at Broadway this spring, which is covers of show tunes. I actually bought it. Excuse um, me? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, it's actually, this I listened new, to a little bit. This is new news to me. Yeah, so they teamed up, so the first one they did um, uh, was, they, they did kind of like a modified version of Wait For Me um, with Andre DeShields and, and Reeve Carney. Uh, it was actually really good. One of his teammates, um, uh, oh, Joe Bell, the first baseman for the, I think his name. Josh? Josh. It's been so long since baseball, Matt. Please. So uh, that's very cool. And then they do a a performance of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" with um, the Fates and um, Reeve Aww. and Andre and Anais Mitchell joins in. As does the band for Hades Town. Uh, you know, Ashley, I was making fun of it on Jeez. Twitter, and I thought this was going to be dumb. And I watched the "Wait for Me," uh, especially with the new lyrics, and I teared up watching it. So. Uh, I hadn't heard of this until you know you talking about it just now, and I, as you mentioned, we are the exact center of this Venn diagram, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and maybe like three other people. So I will certainly be sobbing hysterically watching this. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, Josh Bell is the first baseman for the Pirates that's yes. involved as well. Um, so it very cool. I loved it. I bought um, Stephen Brault's album because of it. He's actually very very good. Uh, I am. That's that's amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, that has blown my mind. Yeah. So I will have links to both of those videos in the show notes if you want to check those out. But all right, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. 
All right, everybody, don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. We can get all of Broadway Radio's episodes ahead of time, except for this week on Broadway, because that's released right away, um, before they show up in their regular feed. So have a wonderful hump day, everybody, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) 